Greetings, and welcome to episode 5 of the Loaded Card Podcast. Join Paul, Daniel, and their occasional guests as they discuss the things they love and hate about video games and the gaming industry. In this week's episode, we talk about control schemes how they can make or break the gaming experience. Press X to not die. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome once again to the Loaded Cart Podcast. Today's episode, Controls, Can They Make or Break a Game? I am Paul of What's Paul Playing Today, and with me as always is Dan, otherwise known as Chop the Viking. What's up, buddy? What's up, man? How's, How's it going? It's pretty great. I see you're enjoying Coke. I, I am. I always enjoy Coke. I really want to get a Nuka-Cola shirt, but I don't... If they make one like this, it would be pretty fucking awesome, but I don't know. For, do for those of us listening at home and not actually watching the video, Dan's wearing a Enjoy Coke shirt. Because they're super comfortable. And and pretty awesome. I'm a Fair enough. Fan of, it... It's amusing now that I live in Atlanta because that is the, the home of Coke. Giant Coke, yeah. And uh, I actually have never been to the Coke Museum, which is also kind of funny because there's a giant museum here. Well, uh, it's, apparently, it's... it's cool for kids. Like, it's very kid oriented and uh, is not as awesome as it once was. I have been informed, but I have never been. So, I will probably go when my daughter is old enough to go in a couple of years and enjoy it. It's kind of like living near Disney. It's there, but you don't really go that often. On the other hand, I'm also near like the best aquarium in North America, and uh, you're damn right. I have a membership to that thing and go whenever possible because it's pretty impressive when you have a giant tank full of like 6.3 million gallons of water. Fair enough. Fair enough. Did you ever see... There's some really awesome cosplay pictures that went around a while ago of a guy dressed as a big daddy and a chick from Bioshock in a tunnel underwater. Did you ever see those that went around for a little while? Oh, that's that's for I didn't see those, but I'm assuming that's what it's in the Atlanta. Yeah, and they were taken in the tunnel in the Atlanta Aquarium at, at like at Dragon Con, I think, after hours. Nice. They have a nice. They have an after hours party there every year as part of Dragon Con now, and it's pretty cool. It's eminently fitting, certainly. All right. Uh, before we get into the main topic, as always, we have our general what's cool, what's going on, review our ideas from last week, and if there's any sort of revisions we want to make. Anything you can think of from last week? I have to remember what last week was. Last week was casual gaming. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. I have a weird casual gaming thing because I had to reset my phone this week uh, because it was having weird sound issues. And, you know, thanks to my time spent in the prison that is tech support for Apple, I learned how to fix this problem, which is basically reset the damn phone because it's a software glitch. So you, you know, format it and reset. Factory reset, yeah. And luckily, the really the only casual game I've been playing recently, which is uh, Fallout Shelter. Yeah. It actually does save in your cloud. It was just, it was a couple of, like a day or so behind. So I have to redo a bunch of stuff, which is kind of a shame, but I was expecting to have to either completely start over or, uh, yeah. So, so, it, so it saves in the cloud, but I'm assuming that's just for Apple because I have an Android device and I've, I've tied it to my Android account and it does not 
my it, Google Play account. It does not for us. Well, it, it was in my backup, like as I restored from a backup that's stored on a cloud server somewhere. Gotcha, you know, in gotcha. An, in Apple land. And, yeah. Uh, and it was it backed up in that, which I don't think it ever had before. So it's a little weird. I was expecting it to be completely gone. But no, it, it was there. And all of my progress was still there. And nice. I was just about a day behind. So a, Hardly a, big a deal. giant Nuka-Cola refinery and garden place and a couple of other advanced structures were not no longer there so fair enough i'm waiting on like four people to return from the wasteland that have been out there for like four days each and uh, nice. they should all get back i think sometime tomorrow with like twenty thousand caps each and that'll, wow yeah that'll that's what i what i had had happened they all came in so i just but yeah if you get to a point where you can get someone with uh, some decent equipment and give them about I give them about 25 stim packs and five rataways and throw them out there and they can go for about three to four days before needing to come back. Nice. Yeah, they'll come back with usually between about 15 to 20,000 caps and then a whole bunch of crap for you to sell each. And so that's why I have like a rotation of about seven of them that are that are going out nice. in addition to two fully armed guards in my uh, my little vault room but yeah that's 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 my only thing from casual gaming is I, was, I almost if i had to reset i was i was that fine borderline of like uh I don't you're know almost that mess with i really don't want to play this anymore like, uh, yeah i'm done <laughs> i mean it's already at a point where i don't need right to open it up and play it anymore and that's that's i think the the downside of casual gaming in my personal opinion is that yep. there's it's so easy to put the game down and never have to pick it back up again they're which, pooping games if if you if you find a different pooping game, you're gonna poop at that pooping game. Yeah, I just wanted to say pooping game a lot. Yes, you just you like the phrase pooping game. Just I do. Admit it. admit it's it. fun. I did. I just wanted to say it quite a bit. I don't really have any revisions from last week personally, so move on to our general what what's cool that's going on. Um, and actually, I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls two, and I'm beaten like five bosses so far, and that's kind of an accomplishment for me, considering. Dark Souls usually just crushes the life out of me, and I just go play something that's that's easier. So, so I feel kind of accomplished with that. So, so I have two kind of cool things. Well, actually, one of them is is cool in a way if you're into that kind of thing, and it's going to be covered in a later show in in depth anyway. I think, but that's I think there's another Twitch plays that just started up. Like they're they finished Pokemon, so they're done with Pokemon. They were doing Dark Souls, like they're still Dark Souls is still in progress, but I think they started up Fallout Three. Oh, Jesus, why? It, it could be really funny. Like, I don't... Because it's basically the way that they did Dark Souls allowed them to, to do another first-person shooter, which is basically it pauses periodically and, yeah. like, pulls your responses and then, you know, continues right. its way. So Fallout could be actually be kind of funny, but I don't know. Like, I'm not into the into the Twitch plays thing so much. I checked in on the Pokemon one for a while because it's kind of funny to watch, you know, 30,000 people try to control one yeah. person playing Pokemon. It's, it's like it's like telling an empty room to, to or telling a, a full auditorium to dictate your next action. And then, of course, you get 60,000 people screaming different directions at you and the loudest one you have to listen to. Yeah, except when they did the Pokemon one, that's not what happened. It was it followed every direction it got as it Which got is it. Pretty much how government works, actually. Yeah, 
is pretty pretty highly entertaining that it was like you'd have like just people up down left right left up up down a p start select and it would just like menus would pop up and people would mm-hmm. move around and it was just craziness that's why i think they built in the buffer for dark souls or nothing would ever happen ever yep but and then the other so the other thing which we've discussed before but you know i haven't come back to in a while because it this is the first real news on it is cloud imperium the people behind star citizen are restructuring with air quotes restructuring so they fired a whole bunch of people today like they let a bunch of people go and of course Derek smarts right you know on top of this news like he leaked the news before cloud imperium announced the news which is kind of funny in and of itself but according to smarts several people quit several people got cut released there was some internal memo at Cloud Imperium that was not very good. And yeah, so it's, you know, shenanigans and intrigue going on over there at their, you know, $90 million Kickstarter company. Yeah, I am really honest. If I'm being 100% honest, I'm not surprised at all to hear of this restructuring, uh, mostly because I don't think Star Citizen's ever getting finished. Yeah. Well, and that's that's what a lot of people say. Like, hey, you've been working on this for four years. Why is there basically nothing? But Games take a while to make, and as everyone knows, not every game that gets started making gets finished making. So, the fact that bulk of them always end up in the rubbish bin. Yep, and it's it's very interesting to see the drama unfold and what kind of crazy legal repercussions there will be, if any, or you know what's going to happen because this is new territory. Crowdsourcing is new to this world, and uh, it's kind of a hot topic in the you know economic standpoint of this country because there's a lot of laws and stuff being passed for it and a lot of craziness going on sure sure so i don't know it's it's cool it's interesting news whether or not it means anything who knows because companies do restructure when they're they're trying to if they need to streamline and focus which is allegedly what they're doing restructuring is the way to go if you're if you have four offices and people are spread out amongst all of them and you need to consolidate like that's what you do but whether it's for financial reasons or you know because they're actually focusing focusing is two entirely different things yep i get you well, I the only other interesting thing that I had was that um, uh, tomorrow's bottling day for my uh, English pale ale, so that'll be fun. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Can we see, see how, that, that, uh, how that goes? Yeah, I got another two weeks in the bottles, then I'm good to go. But we didn't really come here to talk about beer. We came here to talk about whether or not controls can make or break a game. So control schemes generally are the heart of gaming, I think. Yes, I know there's, uh, there has to be a good story. There has to be at least graphics at this point. Whether or not they have to be good is another story and definitely another podcast topic. But w- what makes a control scheme good? That is a very nebulous question. Extremely. Because uh, I think you're, you're right. A, a game can have the most beautiful graphics in the world. It can have mm-hmm. the best soundtrack. It can have the best story ever. But if the controls suck, the game sucks. Absolutely. Like, it, can, it can ruin everything which is the gripe that i have with a game two games two series of games that a lot of people love i know where you're going hate i know where you're going because of the controls one of them is resident evil Evil. slash whatever the biohazard biohazard was the original japanese title the other one is metal gear solid which makes sense because they have the exact same control scheme and they both suck they both have tank controls no the original Metal Gear Solid did not have tank controls. Yeah, it did. I promise it didn't. Are you talking about the NES version or like... No, the- I'm talking about the original Metal Gear Solid. 
which did not have tank controls at all. You were all up to move forward. That or it's been so long and I hate it so much that I you know, no longer care. I, I don't know if they changed. I think they changed around three because I know for a fa- might have been two, but I know for a fact that Metal Gear Solid was was very much like Metal Gear, and it had a similar control scheme where you moved up, down, left, right with the up, down, left, right directionals. Then I'm remembering a totally different game because the, it might be you know, the Metal Gear Solid that I played did not have that control. You, you all. might be thinking of a later game in the series, which I think they transferred to tank controls, but I may be wrong. Anyway. <laughs> I that someone, is someone correct us. Someone please, us. please, please, please. E- email us at uh, podcast at ludicrousgaming dot com. I want to, I want to see that. But yeah. the, I, I can understand where you'd hate those control schemes. But it's kind of a a situation where you get used to the crap factor to enjoy the game because it's 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 not. It's it's not terrible enough to be game breaking. I don't think because there is a line where a game gets ter- gets terrible enough controls to be game breaking. But that's where this is subjective because it was terrible enough to be game breaking for me. Like right, right, and it was completely unresponsive and just horrible. Made it something I don't I didn't enjoy, and I stopped playing the game because it wasn't worth putting up with. Sure, um, but yeah, that that still begs what is what makes a good control scheme. I think, in my opinion. The best measure for any control scheme is whether or not it gets in the way of playing the game. And unfortunately, it's extremely subjective for anybody and everybody. And it also kind of dovetails into the status quo. Like uh, first-person shooters, it's WASD controls. Has been for years. Uh, WASD and a mouse. Or at this point, the only concession they made for consoles is thumbsticks. And totally understandable. But it's status quo. Most if not all, first-person shooters have followed that same control scheme since the 90s. Well, and to that degree, I think, you know, what makes a good control scheme along that same lines is it has to it has to be familiar enough to not break immersion because that's what people want from... That's what really sucks you into a game is how immersive it is, how, how much you get sucked into the story, how much you yep. get sucked into the gameplay and can just lose hours in a game. And if you are constantly fighting with a controller or fighting with your keyboard or having to remember crap how do i what what are these 87 buttons do i push to pull up my binoculars like fuck you quick time events yeah that's all <laughs> or, i'm gonna say yeah. or crazy quick time events uh but no like the the more that you have to fight with that stuff the the more it breaks the immersion of the game and the less fun you have and that's a lot of people i'll throw a game out here right now daisy yeah a lot of people had problems walking into daisy because the control schemes for tactical shooters yep. especially operation flashpoint and arma yep. it was because complicated as shit and if you oh, yeah. don't know them you're screwed like i watched a, a streamer very early on in daisy and he didn't know how to use a backpack in the game because True. it used arma's inventory system which is very broken and buggy and about his fifth or sixth stream i made a comment this is amusing because it was while i was in afghanistan and being like oh hey to use the bag you need to do this because i've played flashpoint and and arma right a lot and so it was just like yeah here's what you do and he goes oh cool dude thanks and then like four episodes later he finally got to like oh hey someone told me how to do this check this out and i was like haha i win but yeah so it's it's i think those are the two in my opinion the two biggest things is that it can't get away in in the way of your enjoying the game and it has to just be 
has to be natural. Like, I, I don't know how better to explain it. Because, I mean, there are games... Can you imagine a game like Hotline Miami if the controls were confusing at all? Hotline Miami, if you're unfamiliar with the controls, because that, that tutorial level is absolutely integral. It, it, it has to be there because you won't be familiar with the controls at first. Right. And and, it, and it's it, it was actually a fairly steep learning curve for me in order for me to be at all any good. Right. Go watch me fuck it up at uh, on my on YouTube because <laughs> yeah. I will. But no, like, um, but but could you imagine if the controls? Oh yeah, like were broken or or not responsive or oh, sure, you know, sure. Like it, it can't be not responsive with Hotline Miami because it's it's the absolute definition of a Twitch game because you have to have you have to have real quick reflexes in order to slap that button and kill the everything in the room. And I, I very much enjoy hotline miami but it's it's frustrating to a dark souls degree <laughs> yeah you're expected to fail fail levels multiple times before you ever succeed in a level which is refreshing in a way in a game because it doesn't hold your hand like a lot of first person shooters do now where it's just yep. like hey, you can hide here forever until you regain health and yeah, then yeah. proceed about your merry way if it's a little too hard for you yep. uh, and i i like that i think the world needs a little more of that and i don't know that's a that's to- whole other discussion i think Absolutely, and we we had part of it in the casual games discussion. I have to ask, uh, audience, let me know if anybody else is bothered by the push C to crouch instead of push control to crouch. That's been pissing me off for years, and every time I get into a new game, I change it immediately because that seems to be seems to have become the standard. Either either it's push C to crouch and push again to go prone, or I don't know what it is, or when it happened, or what game started it, but I want to slap the developer in the eye. See, see, and I have a, like a totally different respect for it. And I mean, it just it takes a couple to get used to. But most most games, I think, are still using control, or they use control to sneak and shift to run. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I I cut my teeth for a really long time on Operation Flashpoint back in the day, like the very very first one, and they actually had I think C crouched, X went prone. V pulled out your binoculars, like yep. Z did something else. Like, yep. I mean, they had, you had, you were using half your keyboard to play the game. So it's it like, it was absolutely bananas. It became, it became second nature after you play for about a hundred hours and then your next 1500 hours, you know, you don't even think about it. It's just, yeah. that's, that's how the game works. Um, so I, I'm, it doesn't bother me if C is crouch. I just need to know that at the beginning that C is crouch and then I can, I'm, I'm good. Pisses me off. But at least you can change the controls. That is one of the, in my opinion, big advantages to PC games is a lot of them will let you rebind controls where consoles, you're stuck for the most part. Unless support. Unless support from PC game. Then if it's a PC to console port, you can usually change controls without a single issue. But if it's it's vice versa, you're lucky if you can change controls. I, I will admit I'm not as familiar with this because I... I'm used to the opposite where you have a PC game gets nerfed and made stupider because of its eventual console port. Oblivion is probably my favorite example for this, where it was designed for basically the Xbox 360, Yep. even though it was developed on PC first. So mm-hmm. there are only eight quick slots. Which bothers the hell out of me too. And, it's, and the only reason there's eight is because that's the directions on the D-pad. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 silly, but it's it's one of those things where, it, and that happens a lot. Is that what what console is designed for? Kind of d- directs the controls. Like they have to. 
if it's designed for a console and designed for a PC, you, you can usually see the limitations in the PC where it's like, okay, we have to dumb this down for a lack of a better term to a controller with a limited number of buttons. Another good example is Wolfenstein The New Order. Uh, the, it was actually designed specifically for consoles, but it was, again, developed on PC, which, which kind of limited a lot of it. Which is really weird because the previous game by the same company, Rage, mm-hmm. totally normal PC controls. I can understand why they went that, that direction. I don't quite agree with it, but it still turned out to be a freaking amazing game. It is one of the games that I regret not being able to stream because the uh, the streaming software combined with Wolfenstein lagged the crap out of my PC. It was that <laughs> it was that resource hoggy. Yeah. Thank you, John Carmack. <laughs> Actually, yes, thank you, John Carmack. That was an amazing game. I appreciate it. May I have another? There's a amazing, amazing level in Rage where you come out of this tunnel basically, and there's a giant ruined city in front of you, and you you're like, oh. For the next like hour, I get to crawl through this ruined city and explore, and it's just like, oh, this is so beautiful. Is by far my favorite moment in that game. Nice, nice, it was amazing. So, to move on, what happens in your experience and in your opinion when controls don't work how you expect them to? Brothers, that brothers game that you mentioned last time—that's what happens to me. I rage quit. It's. I can understand the appeal of Brothers Controls. If you're not familiar, listeners, Brothers is a, a tale. I, I can't remember if it's a, is it a tale of two it, siblings? Is that what it's called? It's a tale of two sons, I think. Okay. Uh, and essentially, with one thumbstick, you're controlling the older brother. And with the other thumbstick, you're controlling the younger brother. And as you go through, you have oh, the left trigger and right trigger. And shoulder buttons. Yes, I, I'm I was just about to get that. Uh, you have the shoulder buttons as well to control their uh, various interactions with the world. And my brain went fucky. I could not wrap my head around it. And so, and I know that you love the game. And I, I envy you that love because I cannot experience that without my brain just going ape shit. And like, no, 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 stop. No, stop. So, Put the game so down. The go thing. away. Here's the I know. thing. I know. I totally agree. Playing Brothers, when you're playing it and you get to the complicated stuff where you're navigating ledges and climbing stuff and doing all of these jumping puzzles, you have to stop everything you're doing and concentrate because it is so hard to move these two characters independently with the same controller, one with each, basically one with each side of your brain. Yep. Because you're doing one left-handed, one right-handed. It is really hard. It's hard to convey. And they totally, totally dumbed down a lot of the stuff in the game. It could be much, much harder. They could have made that game significantly harder if they wanted to. Oh, I'm sure they could have. Because, you know, you know that they know that people are dealing with this total departure from what they're used to. It's a and really good way to phrase it's it. Hard. Like, and it totally short circuits your brain when you're trying to navigate one person. And, the, and I literally, when I was playing through it, had to go, okay, I, I would always, when you get to a part where you're jumping up a whole bunch, I would have to arrange the short brother on the left side, the tall brother on the right side, because that's the side of the controllers they were. And it yep. was like, okay, left side, jump. Right side, jump. Left side, jump. And I had to like go, like literally talk myself through it to get through some of this stuff. But yeah. that was just one of the cool little things, in my opinion, about the game is it, it had these, it was difficult in a whole different way than a, like Dark Souls. Dark Souls is difficult because it just murders you. It, well, yeah, it, it's it's unforgiving. This is difficult because it's it's built to be difficult. Dark Souls is built to just fuck you. It's built to say, <laughs> 
fuck you because we don't like you and we don't want you to finish our game. And I like that. I'm actually enjoying the crap out of it because I it's challenging in a way that's Nintendo hard. Back when Nintendo used to mean something. Now it's just we have your gimmicks and your stupid Mario game and Pikmin. Go I did I never played Pikmin. <laughs> it's just a really crazy. It's it's actually probably I've I've seen it. I know I know what it is. Original Nintendo IP. Yeah, there's yeah. nothing original about Nintendo anymore except for their stupid controls. And <laughs> you mentioned earlier about controls ruining a game. The Metroid Prime series was ruined for me. I feel like it could have been a fantastic twin stick, just like a real regular first person game that's become commonplace now. But you have to pull the trigger and then aim with it, and it's it's all fucky. It was like GoldenEye controls, yeah. so, and I and I I couldn't deal with that. So you said something weird that, or at least weird to me. You said twin stick. Yes. When I hear twin stick, I think you're talking twin stick shooters. Right, right, right. You're looking at something like Smash TV, where your one stick moves you around on the screen, the other yes. one shoots in the direction you're pushing it in, and it's a top down. And, and the way I'm referring to it is twin stick in the way that you're, one You're talking about a traditional run. FPS where you're not. Correct. Yes, yes. Doing and that, that's. Weird. Zelda hit the shoulder button to aim your slingshot. And I want to slap a bastard for doing that particular thing to Metroid. Yeah. Metroid is one of my I beloved where they Where they stole that from is the, oh, absolutely. the 3D Zelda games. You had to hit a button to aim and well, like shoot your slingshot or throw your boomerang. Or Goldeneye. Because Goldeneye had the, the, the precise aiming, the precision aiming where you held the bumper and then aimed around with a, with a thumbstick. Because that's what you do. I don't remember ever doing that in Goldeneye. I just remember being crazy and like aiming anyway because I would always... Goldeneye was one of those really weird games because there was like 30 mm. different control schemes to pick from and you never sure, knew how sure. any of them worked until the, you played them. The, the base control scheme for Goldeneye was that the C, left C and right C buttons were strafing and the the thumbstick moved moved and looked around. You, it, it, you would turn left and turn right with a thumbstick yeah. and then move forward. I, but if you held the right bumper, you can do precision aiming, which would bring up the reticle and you would aim the reticle around with the thumbstick. And I feel like they could have done something less shitty than GoldenEye's controls for... Because you got a, you got two fucking thumbsticks. Just yeah. goddamn use them. The control scheme that I remember using in GoldenEye, I think was called Good Night. Okay. And I want to say it was it was really weird. It did... Uh, I think the thumbstick moved forwards and backwards and turned left and right. That's what that's the base control scheme. Or no, maybe it moved forwards and backwards and, and strafed and strafed, and then the C the buttons C looked does. around. Okay, that's that's what I would have liked to have happened because I played it on my but Xbox One controller. I, yeah, I also think I played it on. Uh, what else did it do? It also had an inverted Y axis. So down, down looked up, up looked yeah, down. I never liked that. It was it was. If I want to go really play a funny. If I want to go play a flight simulator, I go play a flight simulator. I don't like that when I'm looking around with my thumbsticks. Okay. Well, that that was like literally the first console FPS I ever played. So it was it it worked because that's the first time I ever used it. And then it, right. like, I never used it again in any other console FPS, which makes it really funny to me because it was seemed so normal for Goldeneye. And if I ever went back to Goldeneye, I had to use it. Yeah. Um, See, so going back for me. To be fair, I did it a little because they had the same control scheme and time splitters. Okay. And uh, Time Splitters is 30 kinds of amazing if you have not played any of the Time Splitters games. I haven't. You're Perfect is fucking amazing and has my favorite multiplayer first-person shooter mode in the history of ever. It's called Monkey Assault, and it is amazing. That sounds pretty brilliant, and I want to play it now. Just for Monkey Assault. 
because they want to assault some monkeys. So here's how monkey assault works. Let me let me explain this awesomeness to you. So you're playing your first person shooter, right? It's a six man deathmatch, right? So six people all fighting to kill. A minute into the game, this random countdown timer starts from ten seconds. So everyone in the game just gets starts getting ten, nine, eight. You know, it counts down. Sure, sure. The one and this loud horn goes off, and six monkeys spawn on the map. And each one of the monkeys has a weapon in the weapon set because all the weapon sets in the game are customizable and there are six of them. Sure. So each, one monkey with each weapon and they will literally go after whoever is in first place until they kill them or all of the monkeys are killed. Okay. Why not? And then once the monkeys are killed, the clock resets for 30 seconds and 30 seconds later, six more monkeys spawn and go after whoever's in first place. But really funny stuff happens when you're in a room and like you kill the person in first place and suddenly you're in first place and six monkeys turn around and start shooting rockets at you and you're just running away from monkeys. Okay. But it's really funny because if you ever saw a monkey, you just follow him and you know that's where people are. And oh, it's so much fun and so crazy. Why not? <laughs> I, I don't have anything to say about that because let's be frank, there's nothing to say about it. So just imagine if that happened in Goldeneye because that's about how fast paced the game is too. So Isn't that odd job already though? Basically, the monkeys were the size of odd job. They were half the size of people and had weapons and were a giant pain in the ass. <laughs> right. Oh. So back to gimmick controls. I, I mentioned that I didn't like the Wii. Now, I don't mind that people want to innovate. I, I actually, I do enjoy innovation, but no, I'm picking it for the listeners that aren't viewing this stream. What the fuck is wrong with this? I'm holding up an Xbox 360 controller. You get two thumbsticks, a D-pad, four buttons on the front, four buttons on top. What's wrong with it? What According the fuck to Sony, your D-pad and your uh, analog sticks are reversed. But you understand my point, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, and, and that's fine. I don't care. Use whichever controller you want, but I don't understand flailing my limbs around in order to get things accomplished. If I wanted to do that, I'd go back to work. Nice. So it's it's a little weird because I theoretically like the idea. Like I like the idea of motion controls getting better. Because if if one day suddenly there are these magical motion controls that work better than that. If if they worked like um Minority Report style. Yeah, like, I'd be yeah, more interested. Yeah, it, and that's that's the thing is, I mean, it's uh, it's a stepping stone to get to something better later. But there's arguments to be made against it anywhere. Because so, sure. look at it this way: it's hard to come up with a better controller than a keyboard and mouse for a lot of games. The the controller does a damn good job. I mean, the the Sony controller and the Xbox controller they do a pretty good job. Yeah, depending and, on the game. Absolutely, depending on the game. I mean, like for first person shooters. I can't beat a keyboard mouse. I can't. You can't beat it with a stick, in my opinion, of course. I mean, there are people out there that can refute me all you want. Just you're not going to change my mind. Yeah. You're just well, not. And also, it's also a really horrible controller for real-time strategy games. So, like, playing, oh, playing StarCraft on or Warcraft 3 or something like that on a gamepad seems horrible. Now, picture this just in your mind for just a second. You may not have ever known about this, but there was a StarCraft 64, mm-hmm. and it sucked donkey dick. That doesn't surprise me. But yeah, I know, I know they, they delved into that kind of stuff back in the day. Because I think the, I think Dune 2 had a... Either Dune 2 or Command & Conquer had a console port at one point. Command & Conquer had a PlayStation port, if I remember correctly. And, and But so did like Diablo, and Diablo is not in my also in my opinion is a very mouse based game like oh diablo worked really well for playstation i have it it's on my shelf and it's a it's fantastic and and on the flip side of the 
first person shooter only like being PC PC based. On the flip side, like third person games, the third person shooters, I can't use anything but a controller with any success. I totally love keyboard and mouse. I, it's very rare that I will actually bust out a controller. I, the only game that I can think of recently, other than Brothers, that I busted out a controller for are the Batman games. Sure, sure. The Arkham games. They, they, were, they were made for consoles, though. Yeah, exactly. Just, they were made look for at that consoles. freaking debacle of uh, the newest Arkham game. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a terrible thing. Yeah, it they, was on... It's still not back out yet, even though they, oh. they've made an update, but yeah, it's still not out for PC again yet. It, 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 was, it was Ubisoft levels of horrible for a release. <laughs> It really was. You're talking, uh, you know, consoles and controls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, we were talking a little bit earlier about what happens when controls don't work as you expect them to. So there's this really interesting thing that happened with controls, you know, mid-2000s-ish that was referred to, I believe, by a very famous developer. I want to say it was one of the guys at Epic. I don't know if it was Cliffy B or not, but uh, it it was referred to as like the Halo problem. And the the Halo problem is described as if you are releasing a first person shooter and it is going to be on the Xbox 360, it better have the same controls as Halo or you better have a damn good reason why it doesn't. Yep. Because 8 million people play Halo and that's 8 million people that can pick up your game and instantly play it and be familiar with it because they move around a little bit and go like, oh, cool. These are the controls I'm used to and keep playing. That's, um, where, I, that's where I'm looking for the status quo. Is it necessary? Yeah. I don't know if it's necessary, but it's it's one of these things in gaming where it's, it's part of a design aesthetic. If you want first person sh- these days, if you want a first person shooter console player to be familiar with your game and be able to pick it up and play no matter what you fucking better have almost an identical control scheme to call of duty yep period yep and or battlefield because they're they're marginally identical there's a couple of differences yeah. but but otherwise they're pretty much the same if you if you again in the like battlefield is a great example of this if you do not have the call of duty control scheme because it is the most most popular first first person shooter on consoles Yep. If you do not have that control scheme, you better have a damn good reason why you don't. And the the thing with Halo back in the day, A was jump. If you're mm-hmm. if a player hits A and they do not jump, you better have a good reason why that control was more important to be on the A button. And generally interaction is for that correct. control. But you know, you, you have to be able to justify this and it will, you know, players will hit A button expecting to jump and then go like, whoa, okay, hold on a minute. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not playing Halo, you know, or I'm not playing Call of Duty, which sure, you know, sure. is a good thing to have. But you know, if you're again breaking immersion, you you need a good reason to do so, mm-hmm. or else you're going to lose players because they're not going to care enough. People are fickle. They absolutely they're are. <laughs> absolutely. And 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 the trouble is that if you you have this expectation of, as you're saying, the Halo problem, you have this expectation of the controls should be a certain way for a certain type of game. With first-person shooters, Halo, or Call of Duty now. With um, third-person shooters, I I hesitate to say tank controls, but uh, Resident Evil-type controls, or if you've got something like... Or similar to... um, Gears of War. I I was thinking more Grand Theft Auto. But Gears of War is similar to tank controls. Yeah. Really. But that's... Uh, that's those Grand are probably the two games. It depends on the style of your game, but yeah, you're probably looking for third-person games. Gears of War and Grand Theft Auto are, are probably your two biggest. Yep. Biggest or or Saints Row. 
Yeah, but I think Saints Row for the most part is Grand Theft Auto. Like it, the trouble think, is they, that the control scheme is different between the controls. Oh, there absolutely is. That's the I thing I want to bring up is that uh, it, there's there's such a a shift between the two that it's immersion breaking enough that you have to relearn the control scheme, especially when driving. It, it's it's definitely a different control scheme when driving, and there's some subtle differences with uh, controls when you're you know ambling around the, enough so that I'm like, oh crap, I have to relearn the controls real quick, and then I'm okay. It takes me about twenty minutes to relearn the controls, then I'm okay again. And, and it's just it, it's enough to tweak you a little bit. You just you, hey buddy, wake up. You kind of wake up up here. It's just, it's just that kind of thing can definitely be immersion break, but it depends on the situation for the for the game. Uh, for example, if you're playing Grand Theft Auto online with a bunch of buddies, you're not really giving too much of a crap about immersion. You're just sitting there yelling at yelling at things and killing people. That's just really what. It, yeah, you're blowing shit up. And it's also curious to see even within a company. So you have Grand Theft Auto, and then you have like Red Dead Redemption, and then you have Bully. And they all fundamentally have the exact same controls. And it makes it, you know, you pick up a Rockstar game, you know exactly what you're getting. You know what the controls are. It's mm-hmm. just, hey, what kind of gimmicks are in this game? Yeah. Uh, for example, Red Dead has that uh, that slow down time gimmick where you can aim and oh, fire a whole bunch of rounds. And you, everybody better look out because you're probably going to die in the next few seconds. Yeah, I think um, the only time Rockstar breaks that trend is... Max Payne. Max Payne is a very, very different game than those. Uh, I I never played it on console, but it, it plays very, very differently. It's much faster paced, even with its yeah. time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and I actually I was I have a partial playthrough up of Max Payne three. I never went back to it, unfortunately. And uh, I was playing on the on the controller because, quite frankly, that's that was what I was used to with a Rockstar game, mm-hmm. and it's enjoyable as hell, quite frankly. Although Max Payne 3 is just a weird game all around. It's just coming away from Max Payne 1 and 2 that were made so long ago that they have... Nostalgia? Like, but it's not just it's just nostalgia. It's just that the, the models look like freaking GoldenEye models. Yeah. Well, they were, I think, Quake 2. I think Quake 2. Was the Quake engine? I think it was the Quake 2 engine for at least the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's an entertaining game, but it's it was a strange departure from the original two games. Other gimmicky yet interesting controls. I mean, the Wii, like I said, I don't like flailing around. And there's the PlayStation dildo, as you called it earlier. The move, the, 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 yeah, that, the, 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 the Hitachi, controller. PlayStation Hitachi wand. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It looks like, I'm sorry. It it looks, don't be, look, it's funny. Google the Hitachi magic wand and then look at the PlayStation move and tell me they are not similar. Mm-hmm. Just smaller. Yeah. The PlayStation uh, is smaller. <laughs> And wow, okay, we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna gloss over that. Guess they have some interesting effects with that. Okay, wow, um. <laughs> derailed. I win. Yes, win for me. No, uh, the <laughs> PlayStation Move. Uh, it actually had some pretty cool games on the PlayStation Three that I enjoyed. The sports games, the the silly little sports games that you played yeah. on that, which is one of the things that everyone loved about the Wii is you know Wii Sports. Like those mm-hmm. games were fun. The little bowling game, the little baseball game, golf. Like you know, there were they were fun little games. Like yeah, they were cool little party games. And and picking up like a, a Tiger Woods game and playing with your Wii Motion controller, yeah. that was a lot of fun. I I actually thoroughly enjoyed renting a 
Tiger Woods game and just bringing around my in my bedroom playing golf. My uh, my brother got really good at that game for a while, just like uppercutting. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did the, the whole golf swing. I, I, he did I, too, but like there was at one point where he was like totally Donkey Kong uppercutting for his golf swing, and it was nice, nice. Whole, he was hitting it like you know four hundred yards too. It was like just this super utter ridiculousness. Like, what are you, what are you even doing, dude? Yeah, I and then there's stuff like the Connect with gimmick controls where you're yeah. you are the controller is the what they wanted you to think but for oh. dark dreams don't die if you play d4 no i did not but it just reminded me of another gimmicky controller thing go on but no no your dark dreams don't die it was that was a you're literally doing the motions in order to control your character and if you haven't played it i wish you could play with a controller because that would be so much more fun just to watch the the carnage of that game yeah <laughs> but it's it's an interesting game from the i don't remember who who made the rest of it go ahead with your stuff and i'll come back yeah uh so it this reminded me totally of uh steel battalion i don't know if you're super familiar with that game but it was a i think it was an X kind of a mech warrior game right yeah it was the one that they had their proprietary like 150 oh, that thing controller. holy crap where the game itself costs like 200 bucks in order yeah, to play because it had this massive like 150 dollar controller with like 100 buttons on it or something like that like it had a yeah. dedicated windshield wiper button that was used in the game like to help you see like it so so that's even like a whole crazier step above all these other ones right but the reason i brought it up is because i think they made a sequel to it that used connect or at least a very similar mech game that used connect and you had your control panel and you literally like flipped switches flip switches and stuff like that. yeah that's interesting Baked flip switches and did stuff because i pretty sure yahtzee did a review of that game and it was absolutely <laughs> hilarious because as you can imagine he was not a fan oh he tears it apart i'm sure um are you familiar with uh swery who Swery 65 uh the guy behind the uh deadly premonition no i don't think i am okay the, the same dude who did that uh did dark dreams don't die and he's known for being kind of like a pseudo 51 Okay. Rick Quirky developer. Like, I know Pseudo 51, but I yeah. don't know. Uh, Hiritaka Suhiro. Doesn't yeah, he's, bring any bells right now, unfortunately. He did uh, mostly stuff that's just been released in Japan. Uh, like uh, Tomba 2, The Deadly Premonition, and uh, Spy Fiction and D4 are the only ones that have been really released here. At least the more popular ones. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of gimmicky control kind of things that can either make or break the game. Like, I wouldn't even play Dark Dreams Don't Die because I have no desire to faff about with Connect. And that, that's the kind of thing that will that will break a game for me is if it, it forces you to use the connect in order to do anything like I'll pass. Yeah, there's I'm done. Oh, what was the other one that was really funny? There's a so so speaking of weird gimmicky things, you have stuff on the 3D like the DS and the 3DS. I remember one of the big big gripes about fuck you Phantom Hourglass. I that might be the one. I, there's an early Zelda game where you that's had the one to, where you had to, that's Phantom Hourglass. We had, had to just yell the, at it periodically. Was that the one you had to yell at to, like, scare things? There, there's some game where you have to, like, scare monsters in a game by yelling into the microphone. And, I like, I've heard part. really funny stories of people, like, having to stop play it because they're, like, on the bus on the way home, like, riding public transportation. And, like... They didn't want to start I'm screaming. I'm close it. I'm just not going to... Yeah. I'm just not going to start yelling at my uh, at my DS here while uh, yeah. you know while while I'm on the bus. Uh, and I know in one of the uh, Zelda games, you had to like blow up balloons or something. So you had to like literally like 
into the uh, into the microphone to to inflate things. That might have been the train one, because I. But then again, in fairness, I did not get very far in it because yeah. you have to you had to, to to literally drag the stylus around in order to move and swipe it toward the enemy in order to, in order to attack. And I'm like, I just I don't want to do that. I want to play a Zelda game with the controls. I just yeah, I, there, there were so many controls on the early uh, DS that uh, so much gimmicky shit. And you I had, just you had it. to use the stylus. Everyone had to use the stylus. And it's the same with, uh, I mean, the Vita was the same way, though. Like, there were so many things that, like, had to incorporate the touchscreen. Uh, there was a very famous, one of the Uncharted games that they made for it, like, had to, had just, like, one section of the game that used the weird touchpad on the back of the mm-hmm. uh, the Vita. And it's just... It was a free game for a while, and I have it on my Vita. But it's one of those things where it's just, you know, it's... Just stop. It's a shame. Like, well, it's so it's these companies need to do stuff like this because innovating consoles, it's necessary. Like, absolutely, they can actually come up with something that that makes games more interesting and and makes them more fun to play and is a better way to interact with a game than a control pad. I am more than happy to to you know they to give it a try these things yeah go for it I and, would rather have an option however to turn it off like yeah. the 3D effect in the 3DS yeah and, and it's, to to a degree Nintendo has backed off on the Wii some because now with the Wii U you have the giant dock controller of Doom where you know you have again a giant monitor on your controller that you do you know different things while you're doing it which is really funny because it reminds me of the Dreamcast and the uh, the little Dreamcast save card that had a little LCD on it, and you could get information off of it while you were playing. Can can we talk for a minute about the the evolution of the Nintendo controller? Sure. The original Nintendo controller: two buttons, select, start, control, cross. Perfect. You didn't really need it. You didn't really need anything else, right? Back then, Super no. Nintendo. It was actually the second button was really <laughs> innovative for its time period because you know the Atari had one button. Let, let me have my rant. No, you're lost. Super Nintendo controller. Okay, we got four buttons now and a couple of shoulder buttons. This is a pretty logical logical evolution. Okay, great. Nintendo 64. Kids have three hands now. That's what's happening. We're going to evolve three hands. It's cool. We're good. Okay, we're going to back off on that for the GameCube controller. We've got uh, two shoulder buttons. The Z button's up there now. That's cool. We we've backed off a little bit on the buttons. There's still there's still four, but we've we've removed the select button. We don't really need that anymore. We've given you the the control cross. We get the C stick and the the, the left thumb stick. We're good. This, uh, this is probably their best controller they've ever made. But you're and you're gonna but you're gonna complain about that? Fuck you. you get sticks now. Oh, you're complaining about the sticks? Fuck you. you have a goddamn tablet, you dick. That's the evolution and, of Nintendo for me. Yeah, and, and actually, and and I remotely agree with you. The GameCube controller is pretty good, but in my opinion, the best controller Nintendo has ever made is the retro controller. Okay, I, I'm gonna add the caveat of arguably the best controller they've ever made. Yeah, yeah. Because the, there, there is definitely argument to be made for the class controller. But in my opinion, the the best controller they ever made is the retro controller that goes with the Wii U. Sure, sure. And the Wii, uh, because it is, it's a Super NES controller. With a couple of extra buttons and analog sticks, it's, in my opinion, perfect. I I love. I would use the retro controller over literally anything else on the Wii U and the Wii if I could. But and, and in total fairness, I've never used the the Wii U, so I, I I can't say that for for a fact that the GameCube controller is better than that. I can't because yeah. I never used it. But I love the GameCube controller. It's it's in my opinion of the stuff that I've used, it's their hands down best controller. So it's amusing. I don't own a Wii anymore. I think I gave it to someone. Somewhere around here, I do actually have a retro controller still. <laughs> nice, nice. Because I love my retro controller. It is so beautiful for playing Smash Brothers with. 
I'm not looking forward to this week for my uh, my helping out of Tadpog because Smash Brothers is on there, and I just fly the Smash Brothers. N64 Smash Brothers. Yeah, I just I don't like the I don't like the series. I just don't. I just don't. The, the first game is rough. It's it, it almost I almost take it as a proof of concept. It it was really tough to play. But I don't like any of them. I just I, don't. I'm a huge fan of Brawl. Brawl was way too much fun for me. I really liked the slowed down, more methodical pace that was still really fast paced and fun at the same time, which is kind of funny. But all right, before we wrap up, because I think it's about time, I want to talk about the something's fucky controls in games like the, the simulator games surgeon crazy, simulator crazy control yeah yeah because you're sitting there like and you're just you, you turn the bubbles from the trailer park boy something's fucky because you're sitting there in the asdf and the 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 space bar for surgeon simulator and controlling the other the hand with your mouse it's just weird and then you've got octodad if you haven't played that it's awesome not. it's it's awesome it's worth if it goes on sale again it's worth it please do Okay. It's it's short. It's worth it, about what I paid for it, which is like eight bucks. It's worth it, and and I think that was half off. And then yeah, the I, I know one of the games people complain about a lot is I Am Bread because that also apparently fun. has really crazy controls. But and, yeah, and those controls are similar to like there's this really weird style of game that does I can't even remember the keyboard controls for the one of the, the first one that I saw, but it was like there's four buttons and it's like. There's a really kind of famous one that was made famous by uh, Pootie Pie because uh, he played like some game where it's, it's a running game. Like you're trying to run as far as you can. It's like this stupid flash based game. Quap. Like literally. That's Quap you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One button controls your knee, the other one controls your foot. Yeah. That's, you're, you're a, yeah, you're a, you're a, 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 a long distance runner. Yeah. And you're, and you're, and that's Quap, Q W O P. And it's very similar to that. I am Brett is. Yeah, enjoyable as hell, I think. But it's just, yeah, it's just a really weird. I don't know. There's just, yeah, there's really weird game series of games where they like they intentionally give you bizarre controls because that, and that's, I guess, you know, where Brothers falls into. They intentionally give you bizarre controls, and because it, it creates a totally different gaming experience. Because go, there's a really funny let's play of uh, that's like teens react to I am bread. And so they like give these <laughs> give these teenager kids a controller, and they just they have to beat the first level of I Am Bread, and it is and hilarious they just watching these kids like get super focused and like freak out because the bread is not responding the way it's supposed to because yep. they have no idea what the hell they're doing. And yep, yep, it's, it's comedy gold. But I, I think my favorite is uh, watching Gavin and Michael of the Achievement Hunter team play I Am Bread. If you haven't seen that, please go watch them. It's just basically Michael screaming at Gavin for every episode, and it's hilarious. Oh, I bet. I, I can only imagine. I'm pretty sure the uh, Rage Quit guy from uh, Achievement Hunters has, uh, like the Rooster Teeth guys, has has played that game. And I'm sure that's hilarious. Cause I don't know who Rage Quit is. Oh, he, he's one of their, their more recent shows, but basically he plays really, really difficult games and mm. literally rage quits them. Like he cusses up, you hear him throw controllers and stuff at times and like, it, and just yell and cuss, cuss out games. And this, this is a game that they should make him play if he hasn't played it yet. Basically how I rage quit Blood Bowl. Yeah. Uh, and Dave, if you're listening to this, you better not pick it up because I won't pick it up. Nice. So, uh, I, I just randomly am typing rage quit into Google and the, mm. the, so you have rage quit game 
Rage Quit Impossible Game, Rage Quit Surgeon Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> Surgeon Simulator I really enjoyed. I did. I thought it was funny as hell. Oh, and he, he definitely played I Am Bread. Excellent. Excellent. And apparently it got up to like part five. Wow. I'm surprised he got that far. Oh, wait, never mind. That's someone else. It just is epic rage quit. I think per- someone got to part five and they, they quit. Yeah, I got uh, to part four in Blood Bowl and I was just done. That's the, the the second game that I played in a, a Tadpog Blood Bowl League and I just, I was done. Yeah, I I was not a fan of that game. Cause... My biggest problem is the fact that RNG kills you. It's It's literally very much a game of luck and you have mm-hmm. no chance at getting any sort of epic rolls. It just it, it's it's an extreme game of luck, and it pisses me off so much. Yeah, the the RNG gods can be a pain in the ass. On that note, uh, I think it's about time to wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah, I think so too. So, where do you want people to contact you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Paul at loadedcartgaming.com. You can find me on Twitter at Paul Clue. You can find me at, on Twitch. What's Paul playing today? Same with YouTube. You can find me out on the street. You know, I walk sometimes. That kind of thing. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, I can be found in a, a couple of places. You chop at loadedcartgaming.com is the easiest one. I'm also on Twitch. It's uh, Chop the Viking. I am working on streaming more. I started, I think last Sunday, I did a little bit of stuff and then got caught up with family being in town. Yeah, now that you're now you're finally moved in. Yeah, now that I'm finally moved in, I can I can start doing some more stuff. I'm working on a couple of little things right now. Uh, I'm actually probably after we finish recording this, gonna play a little bit of Fallout New Vegas, and then I've also started playing Skyrim some more because it's been a while since I've played it, and like I still haven't played through a lot of the DLC. So I like I really want to because I've heard so many awesome oh, things, and it was amazing. a really fun game. It just you know I stalled out in playing it before the dlc existed so yeah and i i have that problem with games like that where i'll put like you know 100 hours in before the before the dlc ever comes out and i, I was like i think level level 40 almost level 36 yeah. I, I think i was level capped before the D, dlc came out which is kind of funny or nice. as close to level capped as i can get that happened so with me in fallout 3 and new vegas yeah so so I've, I've been doing and i'm doing the weird thing with both of them because uh new vegas i'm uh i'm i'm gonna join caesar's legion because no one ever joined caesar's legion and I have no idea. I have no idea. So I'm gonna I'm gonna do it because it should be fun. And then in uh, Legion. And then again in, in Skyrim, I'm I'm joining Caesar's Legion, uh or whatever they're called, the Imperials. <laughs> the Storm the Stormcloaks, I thought. No, no, I I see I did the Stormcloaks originally because it you know when you're you're about to get executed by the Imperials. Why the fuck would you ever join the Imperials? That seems stupid. Because fuck anyone. the Stormcloaks. Yeah, but you know Imperial for life. You're weird. I just thought much. Yeah, a little bit. But no. But the the, the thing with uh, just the the opening scene of of Skyrim, it's like, okay, the Imperials are about to kill you. Oh, your name's not on the list. Let's fucking kill you anyway. And then you know they're about to execute you, and you you know dragon comes and saves your ass. And then you get to a point where it's like, hey, come with me. I'll save you, citizen. And or or hey, they're about to execute you. How about you come with us instead? It's like, yeah, that guy makes a lot more sense. Let me go with them since you were about to kill me. Go fuck yourself. I don't know, man. The the Imperial that saved me just proved that they're not all bad people. So I just went with him, and then I just went with Imperials because I just went. I, I just kind of I didn't even go with either faction until later on when I realized that the uh, spoiler alert. Involved doing super it. super spoiler alert i guess just in case you haven't played this few year old game the stormcloak leader is just a giant bag of douche nice 
he just is. He's just an asshole. And I, I couldn't deal with that. So I, I made the right decision with going with the Imperials. Fair enough. I think anyway. So but yeah, that's so that's what I'm working on. As as always, you can contact you find us, us yeah. podcast at loadedcartgaming.com. Hopefully Check we'll the have website. some more stuff on the website as yeah. these get posted. We'll have some cool stuff in the future. I'm also hoping. Eventually. But yeah. But you know, get involved. We we love to hear from people. Please, uh, please email us. See you guys in the near future. I'm gonna draw the curtain back a little bit. We actually had to switch it up tonight because we were supposed to do one episode, but uh, our guest backed out at the last minute, unfortunately. But um, I think that's about it. So here's some smooth jazz to play out. So are you picking up Blood Bowl 2? I keep seeing emails in my inbox from my Lodicart gaming address. <laughs> and I swear to God, I'm pretty sure that's where my screen started cracking for my Note 4 because I slapped that button so fucking hard to delete it that I'm pretty <laughs> sure I poked my finger through my phone. No, I'm not picking up Blood Bowl fucking 2.